What's up, Broncos country? What's up, Broncos country? This is Phil Lindsay. Justin Simmons here. This is Alexander Johnson. Hey, I'm Vaughn Miller, and you're listening to the Nutra Zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Dalala. That's me. That's you. Never gets old. Never gets old. Doesn't get old, and especially not on Victory Monday. No, it never uh, gets old to celebrate a good dub. Broncos beat the Dolphins 20-13. to 13. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody, Eric. That's right. Not even us. <laughs> the Broncos, uh, uh, a little bit of a shaky start on offense, but they turned it around. Well, I... Uh, of course, talk about Drew Locke's day, his performance against a, a tough Dolphins defense. Um, and then uh, we'll talk about this Broncos defense. How did they shut down Tua Tagovailoa? Thank you. The, Thank you. the game is over, but you Thank finally you. got it. I nailed it. I had a, a little bit of nice. struggles last week, but I think I got it down now. You'll be ready by the time they play them next year. Playoffs? Whenever. Playoffs? Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about yeah. a potential AFC championship meeting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, we'll dive into those two things. Plus, NZ Nation, after a win, really came through on the voicemail hotline. We got, uh, let's just, I'll just say this. I'll tease it right off the bat. Broncos Batman did call in and leave a voicemail. Okay. It's tremendous. Yeah. It's tremendous. Uh, I'll just say that. Okay. That's all I'll say. Then we got another voicemail from someone did not leave his name or where he was calling from, but I'm pretty sure it sounded like Benjamin Albright. I swear. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So maybe he's uh, in neutral zone nation. I'm not sure. That would be interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's where he was calling from. I don't know. We'll, we'll play it. And then you tell us if it sounds like Benjamin Albright. Okay. Okay. It could have been the one that I left. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you get really? that one? I I didn't. That was probably, that was like at 3 a.m. on Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. I did. I just deleted that. Uh, Big mistake. If you would like to leave a voicemail, you call 707 Neutral. You leave your voicemail, you get fired up on the hotline, and then we play it on the show here. So that's how that works. You can also, Eric, I think people can leave a voicemail, right? I think you mean send an email. That would be. I mean, uh, uh, leave a leave an email. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. That would Gosh. be a neutral zone show at gmail.com. Yes, exactly. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at Eric Dalala with an A, at Phil Milani with a PH. Some very odd spellings there. Kind of weird. Those are the ways you can get in touch with this show. Of course, uh, subscribe and leave a rating too. We always uh, appreciate that. Even though, Eric, the last time I was reading on Apple Podcasts, not very friendly. Some people love us. Some people uh, do not. But that's okay. That's what, you know, a variety of reviews. Whether you uh, click on this podcast because you love it or you hate it, still counts as a click. Sometimes you you either got to love it or list it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. On this show, we say you got to – hold on. I'm trying to look up this uh, uh, I forgot what did the guy call 
Collison. He said it wasn't very wasn't very neutral. I think is what he. Yeah, that what was what. Uh, I'm trying to look it up. Uh, yeah, not a neutral podcast. This is from Unfriend Me. So right off the bat, very hostile person said this show is obviously underwritten by the Bronco apostrophe S organization. The hosts are apologists and toadies. You had to go after his apostrophe usage. That's tough. Yeah. This is coming from a guy who loves commas. I just put them wherever I want. Yeah. When you're uh, taking people on for their grammar usage, you know it's not good. What do you think that means to be a toady? I don't know. I I don't like it, though. Yeah, it's not Whatever it means, I don't like it. That's not good. All right. So that's how you can be a part of the show. So let's dive right in here, Eric, and talk about Drew Locke's performance. Uh, started the game with six straight incompletions, had a turnover that led to the Dolphins' only touchdown. But then from deep within, he went to the sideline. He saw it deep within himself and all of a sudden exploded, had that nice pass to uh, K.J. Hamler and uh, became the Drew Lock. It was like he was like a caterpillar and then he just bursted out of his cocoon and became Drew Lock, the butterfly that we all know and love. Yeah, and you're back on the bandwagon now, right? There, I never some got people up. were saying some people were up. saying that you weren't on it, and you're saying now you're back I, on it. I never so. got off. Okay, I'll tell perfect. you this, Eric. After the game, Drew Lock was doing his press in the press conference room, and I saw him, and I gave him a uh, socially distanced fist bump. Okay, and I was like, "Hey, nice, nice job, Q." And then he was like, "Thanks." I was like, just, that happened. So I'll he's just, like, "Did you put the food out or no?" Oh, jeez. It's like, who's this guy? No. Me and Drew? No. We're tight. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, it was less of going to the sideline and having a miraculous recovery as it was, like, throwing two consecutive incompletions to start the third drive and just having KJ Hamler make really somewhat of an exceptional catch there in traffic with a guy all over him. Uh, and for whatever reason, that, that sparked the Broncos. He uh, he wasn't spectacular after that, I don't think, but there were a few nice throws, uh, still some poor overthrows at time, but he did enough, Phil. And for whatever reason, he was in, he was, whether you want to say he was rattled or just in a bad spot in terms of seeing the field and decision-making, that got him out of it. And well, you know, there were some throws, particularly the drive where the Broncos went for it on fourth down and on second down, he overthrew Troy Fumagalli by a mile with no one near him. Um, he still didn't make any throws that were in harm's way. There was not a single throw the rest of the game that could have been picked off really. And so as you saw, Phil, that was enough to help them earn the win with a defense that was playing really well. And while it might not be enough to get it done every single week, that type of play I think is encouraging at the very least that he's moved away from kind of this disastrous type play and uh, has settled down a little bit. Yeah, that that throw to Hamler definitely settled him down because I'll say this, to start the game, he looked very shaky. He looked a little indecisive, obviously through that interception, was putting the ball in some really traffic, highly trafficked spots where you're like, ah, you know, you're a little nervous. And look, that Dolphins defense is very good. They like to do that amoeba type of thing where they shift around and, you know, make the quarterback have to make a decision there. And, uh, 
you know, I talked to Armando Salguero last week, the uh, Miami Herald, uh, the Dolphins columnist down there. And he said, look, Brian Flores is cut from that Bill Belichick tree where every week he comes up with a totally new game plan where it's specific to the Broncos. So you just weren't sure what you were going to see. And the way that Drew started, you were like, oh, boy, this this is not looking so hot here, but then he settled down. You're right. It wasn't an amazing performance. I mean, he threw for 270 yards, but 61 of those came on that final loft up to uh, Tim Patrick. So threw for about 200 yards, but you're right, Eric, he never put the ball in harm's way after that first interception. Uh, he was 18 of 30. So not like a, a crazy completion percentage either, but he got, the Broncos into the end zone in that first quarter, drove them down the field and Melvin Gordon capped it off, obviously. But, you know, getting those points, building some confidence, getting the rhythm going. I think that people might say, okay, it was only 20 points, but if they don't, uh, you know, turn the ball over on downs there and they're able to continue that momentum, find the end zone. And then if Melvin Gordon doesn't fumble there right before uh, crossing the goal line in the fourth, now you're talking about a serious performance where 34 points against that defense, that would have been a heck of a job. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It should have been 30 points easily, even if you just give them a field goal on one of those, say they don't go for it on that fourth down, for example, even though I did like the decision to do that. Me but too, me too. Yeah, after that, uh, you know, that punt, on the second three and out that they had to start the game on uh, let's see five of their next seven series, they scored and six of those seven that includes the turnover on downs. They were really in great position to score. And so um, they moved the ball. They were able to make plays. Uh, they put, you know, they, they put themselves in position to win regardless of what the defense was doing, Phil, you know, I think the, the defense obviously played really well, only gave up 13 points, but, even if they'd given up 20, 24, the way the Broncos were playing offensively, you know, maybe you kick a field goal in that situation. Maybe you're a little more cautious there at the end with the ball. Um, you know, I think you're absolutely right that this could have easily been a 30 point performance against a good defense. Um, and I think, you know, we don't have to overreact to every single Drew Locke performance the rest of the year, but I do think that this was an important step for him because the last few weeks, Phil, it had just been kind of a trajectory like that and you know straight down uh it was getting worse it seemed by the week and so for him to just settle down a little bit get back to some of the things he was doing well earlier in the season um I think is really encouraging not just for your chances you know next week against the Saints but in terms of his you know I think he's still I said this yesterday, Phil, in our postgame show, Drew is not going down without a fight here to show that he can still be the long-term cue of this team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not going to go crazy about the game, but I think you're right, just considering what was going on heading into the game. Uh, the fact that uh, he was dealing with a little bit of a ribs uh, injury, uh, people were saying, hey, maybe it's a good idea anyway for Brett Rippon to maybe start a game here. And the way he started the game where he was, you know, uncomfortable for him to turn that around. I think that's what was really impressive. And he spread the ball out. He got his playmakers involved. You know, Noah Fant had a nice game. Nick Bennett showed up, almost scored a touchdown there. KJ Hamler had a couple of nice passes. Tim Patrick, obviously, uh, another hundred yard game. So 
I, I like that he was able to get those big plays and that kind of stuff settled down. Here's what uh, Vic Fangio had to say about uh, what helped Drew against the Dolphins. Well, the one thing we did as a team yesterday was we ran the ball better. We played good defense for the most part. And to me, those are a quarterback, especially young quarterbacks, two best friends. And he had them yesterday. Um, so the more we can do that as a team, the more he'll be able to develop at a more logical, in a more logical progression. Eric, we'll talk about that defense in just a second. First of all, what did you think he meant? Logical progression. What do you think that means? In regards to Drew, you know, I think yeah. just taking steps forward that you would expect in terms of, um, you know, the last few weeks, he's kind of corrected one thing and something else has gone wrong. I think maybe, maybe over logical, just like incremental progression where, you know, he makes 10 bad decisions in a game. The next week you hope to see him make seven or you hope to see his footwork be a little bit better and just kind of see it creep along a little bit at a time. That's what you want to see as a as opposed to some sort of roller coaster of progression. And I think we saw with Tua yesterday that, you know, in the NFL, sometimes it's not going to be linear the way you hope it will be. Um, but, you know, if you're the Broncos and you want to go into this offseason still feeling good about where you are at the quarterback position, I think Drew does need to show you to some degree that he, you know, he is making incremental, um, you know, consistent progress in the right direction as opposed to one week being decent and one week being really bad and one week uh, having a great game. You know, it needs to be a little more. Uh, consistent, I think, for this team to feel confident about the direction it's heading at that position. Yeah, that's what I, I sort of thought he was. I thought that's what he would bang to there. But uh, Eric, he mentioned the running game. I thought that by the Broncos being able to score that touchdown and respond to the Dolphins' initial score, they stayed in the game. That allowed them to stay in their game plan. We've seen the last couple of weeks where they fall behind, and then it just turns into Drew and shotgun chucking it down the field. But this game, they were able to stay in it. Melvin Gordon had 15 carries. Philip Lindsay had 16 carries. Each of them went over 80 yards on the ground. And, of course, Melvin Gordon – two touchdowns, but every time Melvin Gordon has a great game, he does something where Broncos fans, for whatever reason, uh, not the reason is his fumble. The Broncos, he's not allowing Broncos fans to just totally get behind him. Like he'll have this great game, 80 yards, uh, two touchdowns, but that fumbles all anybody's talking about. And people are continuing to say feed Phil. Yeah. I mean, certainly tough there for him to lose the ball because, you know, the, the game's over. You don't need a Justin Simmons interception. Even if he just goes down, you run the clock out a little bit, you kick a field goal, it's still over. That was the only, you know, that was the worst possible thing that could happen in that scenario. Um, but he is, he is playing well, generally, Phil, you know, people have kind of focused on these negatives, but uh, they needed both Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon on Sunday, I think, to win that game different running styles both were successful at times um and you know melvin gordon i think continues to show that he's really competent as a pass blocker i think i believe it was the second possession of the game uh drew kind of rolled out as soon as there was pressure but melvin stepped up there made a really nice block drew could have stayed in the pocket um and you know i think the run game helped settle him down helped drew settle down the same way that that pass to kj hamler did because 
you know, someone asked Vic Phil, were you considering benching Drew if, you know, if KG doesn't catch that and you go three and out for the third time? And Vic said he wasn't, but you do have to think that maybe Drew, after three consecutive possessions like that, starts to wonder, man, am I going to get this fixed? Am I going to get this right? Uh, and I think, you know, being able to rely on that running game a little bit, stay close, probably helped his nerves a little bit, helped his uh, ability to have the game he did the rest of the way. And, uh, you know, felt I just maybe the biggest thing with the running game is that they didn't have a ton of nugget, negative plays. Uh, they were able to stay ahead of the chains, help them stay in third and manageables. And then when they needed to, they made some big plays. You know, it was they uh, after that KJ Hamler pass, they ended up in a first and 20 because a couple of false starts and Drew scrambles for 14 yards on third and 13 to cue that scoring drive. So early on in particular, Phil, I thought the balance was really important. They stuck to the run. And Vic Fangio said it, you know, it's, it's, you can have balance whether you're winning or not, you know, you can just commit to running the football and passing it the same amount of times. It's about good balance. And that's what they had yesterday. Yeah. And the offensive line played really well. It seemed like they were really attacking the edges, uh, Eric, uh, you know, where, you know, Dalton was pulling, we saw Garrett Bowles pull Glasgow pulled a couple of times, I think, um, and, you know, Drew Locke did not get sacked once. So great job by the Broncos offensive line. And on the other side, the defensive line really uh, stepped up here. They got after Tua all game long. Tua had been the talk of the NFL. Everybody was saying, oh, my gosh, the Dolphins have won five straight. They switched quarterbacks mid winning streak. And Tua kept it rolling, started his career 3-0. and But this, But Vic Fangio, you know, we talked about it last week, really successful against rookie quarterbacks. He, uh, after yesterday's win, improved to 18 and eight going up against rookie quarterbacks as a head coach or defensive coordinator. And I think that uh, his game plan worked. I mean, they attacked him. Uh, he had to hold on to the ball a lot. He was indecisive. And uh, the Broncos pass rushers, they had been uh, MIA the last couple of weeks, but yesterday they, they brought down two of six times. Yeah, and I've kind of a couple of thoughts here. Two of thoughts, maybe, Phil. Ooh. One is that the defense they certainly played well, and, you know, six sacks um, is nothing to scoff at, especially with as many injuries as the Broncos have had on their defensive front. I think guys like Malik Reed, Bradley Chubb, um, Deshaun Williams should all be applauded for, for their effort. They, they played well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the, the back end played really well, I think, with – AJ Boye had some tough plays in a tough matchup against Devontae Parker, but otherwise the secondary looked good. But here's what I'll say about the Dolphins is that coming into the game, you know, they had a really good uh, turnover margin and they ranked ninth in points per game, but everything else was just kind of blah. And, you know, you, you kind of explain away, like, why are they not in the top? Uh, you know, why are they in the bottom 10 in rushing yards and passing yards per game? And you could say, well, they, they play on a lot of short fields. And I think that makes sense. But then you look at their third down percentage and they really were not, um, you know, I think they're in the bottom five in that as well, which didn't improve very much on uh, Sunday. And so, you know, I think there was something to the fact that maybe this, you know, this offense uh, wasn't quite up to the task against the Vic Fangio defense that played solidly. Uh, that pressured Tua when they needed to. And, and quite frankly, according to Vic on Sunday, you know, anticipated pressuring him even more than they did. Uh, but, you know, uh, to me, 
I think some of this is about how well the Broncos played, but also kind of about the the Dolphins offense and how it just didn't quite click on uh, Sunday. Yeah. I don't think that it was uh, something was uh, disrupting them. And I think that it, it, did, it was the Broncos defense. I mean, I, I, in my opinion, yeah, I agree with you that they targeted Devontae Parker, even though he was going up against Boye. But, you know, two minutes, and that we talked about this with Drew the last couple of weeks, never got into a rhythm. Uh, he only had 83 yards passing. He obviously was feeling pressure from all different areas. When you got that going, it's hard to uh, it's hard to get into a rhythm and feel confident about stepping into your throws. Uh, yeah, Devontae Parker finished with 61 yards and a touchdown, but I, I agree. They don't have the playmakers that, like, the Raiders have or, you know, the Falcons. You know, they, they obviously uh, aren't that explosive of an offense, but, uh, but I do think that you got to credit the Broncos. Uh, forced them into a lot of three and outs, too, which allowed the Broncos offense to really feel in rhythm. And you can only play against who you're up against, to be fair. So the Broncos took advantage against, you know, with this matchup. Um, like you said, five, three and outs. That was really impressive. Held them in third and long. Um, so they did kind of make the most of this matchup and dominated the way, frankly, you would want a Vic Fangio defense to dominate against a rookie quarterback. They forced Tua from the game. And they didn't allow the Dolphins to get into – the type of game style that has been how they win these recent games, you know, they win games with turnovers and short fields and big plays on special teams and drew lock turned the ball over once and they had a short field, but otherwise, you know, they were having to drive the length of the field every time. And obviously it was not successful because they didn't score another touchdown. Um, and then special teams wise, Sam with the exception of maybe a couple of errors in the return game, the Broncos were really solid, much better, uh, like you said, Sam Martin kept Jakeem Grant just away from the ball. They didn't give up any big returns. And so, you know, I think credit to the Broncos staff for saying, hey, here's how Miami could beat us. It's with big plays on defense and, and taking advantage of short fields. And it's on special teams and finding a way to not let them do either of those things. Yeah. All that being said, it came down to one of the final plays of the game. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick came in, uh, got them down, kicked a field goal, and then they were able to uh, get the ball back and have a chance to tie the game. And then uh, Justin Simmons made one heck of a play, started on the opposite side of the field, was able to read Fitzpatrick's eyes, came over, and literally was there at the very last second. I mean – if he's one step slower or something, it, the ball could have got by him there. And I think that even just watching it, you're like, wait, who has a ball? Like for a second, you're sort of just like, uh, oh, okay, Justin Simmons has a ball, you know. And uh, Eric, I believe you had a chance to ask Vic Fangio uh, about Justin Simmons on uh, on Monday. I did. With that, let's get to my conversation with Vic Fangio. <laughs> I guess speaking generally, Justin Simmons's instincts – how impressive are those in terms of him knowing when to kind of slide over and uh, challenge a pass? Uh, Justin's instincts are excellent. You know, that was one of the first things I noticed about him when we got here back in 2019. Um, and he's just progressed beautifully along those lines as he has grasped more of a command of the coverages we play and our overall scheme. So, 
that's something that I think will continue to improve, although he's playing at a high level right now. I still think he'll continue to improve in that area, and it will result in more big plays for him. Eric, you first noticed that way back in 2019. Kind of feels like that, huh? It does feel like a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. But, hey, Justin Simmons, that's a tremendous play. That's what he's here to do. He's that center fielder who is super athletic, and he's able to uh, cover the whole range of the field. Yeah. I will note, Phil, that in that audio with Vic, kind of the weird reverberation people might be hearing, that's our good friend Mike Kliss, who did not understand how to mute his mic properly. So just – he had some technical difficulties, you know. Yeah, we still love him, but it was uh, that's why that's why the audio sounds poor. Yeah. Um, so he's just trying to bring down the competition. Mike is exactly. Yeah, he doesn't want our podcast to be good. We get it. That's fine. Is, that's a veteran move. That's savvy. It's, it's no Cliss and tell. I'll say that. <laughs> exactly. No, you know, I think Justin has uh, continued to improve, Vic on Sunday also had high praise for him that said he's a great player. They love having him. Um, It was poetic justice that he got the final pick. And I think Justin's showing you that he can make big plays in in different ways. The first interception that was taken off the board, he kind of leapt up into the air, showed off that vertical jump that we know uh, he has from his Stewart high school uh, basketball days, Phil. That's true. You know, and then uh, have you been to that high school? I have actually. Have you been? County, Martin County. Martin County. Yeah. Exactly. South Love Florida. It. Yeah. The the Lions, I no. think, or Tigers um, or something like that. Oh, we were, um, we had a good thing going, and then you did that. Yeah, I just forgot. Um, the, the second interception, Phil, just all instinct. And before the year, we talked about what would make Justin even more valuable as a safety, and we talked about how he made plays at times, but they weren't like game deciding plays or game changing plays. You know, he had that interception against Kansas city last year that the Broncos are down three touchdowns. And, you know, he had one against Buffalo that could have set up a score, but it didn't lead to one. This one, this is a type of play that makes Justin Simmons an important part of this defense. And it sounds like he's a guy that at least Vic Fangio would really like to have be around here for, for many more years. Yeah, of course, that's going to be a storyline uh, as the season comes to a, a you know, winds down here. But um, yeah, Simmons, that was a heck of a play, Eric. And uh, he's not going to be the kind of guy who comes across the middle and lays a guy out and you fear him that way. Although he has been getting a little more physical, but he's the guy who's going to come across and make a game ceiling interception. Well, I think he's, he's now, you know, there was another play. I think it was Adam Shaheen, maybe their tight end was, trying to catch a ball maybe in the second quarter. And Justin, he got there at the same time Shaheen did, almost had another interception. I don't know if it was something Miami was doing, if it was because Tua um, and then Fitzpatrick were kind of telegraphing where they were going with the ball. But Justin was on yesterday. And if he can be that attacking type safety, I mean, he's at four interceptions through 10 games. Certainly wouldn't be a surprise to see him get to six or so, uh, which he's already tied his career high. So, um, anything else would just kind of be a bonus there. Erica, I don't want to bring up old wounds, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to do that, but you know, of course, Tua was benched in this game. Huh. And he, was benched. he wasn't playing well. And Brian Flores, the Dolphins head coach decided to uh, make a swap for uh, Fitzpatrick. 
Fitzpatrick came Tua in for Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Tua swap. Yeah. Tua swap. Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick brought them back, gave them a chance to possibly tie the game. We a couple of weeks ago talked about, hey, do you think that it would have been a terrible idea to bench Locke in one of these games? I said I would have understood the reasoning, just like I understood what Flores did. I'm not saying I would have done that. I'm just saying I would understand the reasoning. Nuance, people. Nuance. Not hedging. Nuance. Nuance. Derek, what did you think think about Flores' decision? You got some of those hedges on your sweater, it looks like. Yeah, it's so much so I dyed my sweater. This one used to be blue. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What did I think of the decision? Um, Well, first, I think it's different than the Broncos' decision. Edge. Edge. No, don't worry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back around and just okay, okay. slam you to the ground. You're gonna, you're uh, gonna use the hedges on me, huh? Yeah, I think it's different because the Dolphins were only down ten points. They're in a division race. Um, Fitzpatrick is a veteran player, and so that's different to me than uh, benching Drew Locke for Brett Rippon in a twenty-one point blowout, for example. So I'll start there that they're different scenarios. All that said, I still think he made the wrong decision to bench Tua. Um, you went to Tua for, for a reason and that you think he's your future. You think he's the best option to win for you now. Um, I don't know if it's this week. I don't know if it's three weeks from now. I don't know if it's in a wild card playoff round that the Dolphins are in. At some point, they're going to be trailing and they need Tua to be able to respond to that scenario and know how to handle these late game situations and you just took away valuable reps from him to be able to do that. And uh, by the way, they still lost. So it didn't even work. So well, all that said, well, what, I don't, did they I win don't or think not? that that's the only way you'd measure it. I think you would say, okay, the other Tua, the first quarterback, only had 83 yards passing. Fitzpatrick comes in and he finished the game with 117 yards passing. So obviously the switch, the switch gave him a boost. Tua scored 10 points. Fitzpatrick scored three. He played, for, he played for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's a decision that's much easier to defend if you come in and you say, Ryan led us to a great win right there. Uh, still believe in Tua. Instead, you're like, uh, we lost by seven instead of 10. Think, it was great. I think it it's great. okay. And we to took just, away reps. From I think Tua. it's okay to say, hey, this things aren't going well. You're getting hit a lot. So we want, to t- we want to make sure that you don't get injured. We want you to stay safe, stay healthy. Today just wasn't your day. It wasn't going well. And we're a team that's in position to try and uh, maybe sneak into the playoffs. Uh, heading into the game yesterday, if they would have beat the Broncos, they would have been tied for first in the division. So they had a lot riding on the game. And if it's just not working, you could just say, look, it's not working. You're still our guy. We're 100% behind you, which Flores said, Look, Tua is going to start next week. There's no controversy. There's nothing like that here. It's just we felt like maybe we could give a spark to the team. There's no drama. There's no problems. Yeah, yeah. you're our guy unless you unless you're down ten at no any problems. point in the game, and then we're going to just take you out. Just wasn't you know, his day. They're going to be uh, in a game against the Bills for the division, and Tua is going to throw a pick in the first half, and he's going to. No. Is, Fitz, is Fitzpatrick so. coming in? Is Fitzpatrick coming so. in? 
What's happening? Was, nothing was working yesterday for him. They weren't they weren't down 21 points. They were down 10 points. Which is even more reason to say, look, we're still in this thing. We still got a chance. This guy's not getting it done today. And who knows? Maybe you say, oh, they're not going to give him an opportunity to learn how to respond in this situation. I think they gave him a lot of opportunities. He was just going three and out. So who knows? Maybe they said, look, we've given him his opportunities. We need to get we need to mix this up. Yeah, I'm just saying, I, I understand the thinking. That's all I'm saying. I I don't have a problem with that decision at all. I know you don't, but you are all in for Bench and Drew as well. And look, then you uh, never would have beaten Miami yesterday. That's not true. You don't oh, you know. Think they would have beat you if they would have beat Miami without Drew. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. I'm saying if they would have benched him. What? When? When oh. were we even talking about that? We were talking in you've Atlanta. Been, you've been talking in about Atlanta. it for four weeks now. No, I haven't. I said in that Atlanta game, I would have understood if they did that. That's all I said. That's all I said. One thing I uh, will say, Phil, that I mentioned, maybe to you, uh, certainly to our friend Mike, is that uh, if Tua was playing in Denver, people would already be talking about who the Broncos should draft next year to replace him. That's how fast we move on from quarterbacks here. That's not true. The fan base would have been like, Tua had a bad game. Segments of the fan base, not everybody, but segments. Please respect like NZ Nation. Yeah, NZ Nation is uh, especially John Jornad. He don't disappoint yeah. him. No, he agrees with everything I say. Not everything. Sorry to John. You have good takes, which is clear from the fact that you agree with me and that you disagree with Phil. And okay. I will say, Phil, we've gotten a lot of uh, listener emails and voicemails saying, "Great point, Eric," or like that was well stated. We don't get any really that say phil was spot on there with his I, analysis so you know if someone agrees with phil let yourself be heard please because he's really I, sad i thought about that you know i was like god these people must really why do they love eric so much and then i was like you know what it must be is that they feel like you need the support they feel like you need the encouragement when when you're a rock like me and sort of like an institution you know you're gonna get it every episode from me you know, I bring it all the time. I'm consistent. They're just like, look, I expect this from Phil. You know, that's why LeBron does not win the MVP every year. Do you know what I mean? They just say, look, we expect this from LeBron. You're sort of like Giannis. You bring it, but like sometimes in the playoffs, it's not always coming through. Yeah, I'm kind of like a Steph Curry that like kind of disappears when it matters most. That sort of situation. I wouldn't say Steph Curry. That's not true. Steph Curry is uh, one of the best players in the NBA. So you're like a Clay Thompson, more of a no, more I'm consistent, more like a LeBron, or more like a Jokic, if you ask me. Okay. Yeah. Body body type, maybe. <laughs> Big honey. <laughs> Eric, with that, let's get to our fans, the Neutral Zone Nation, uh, and. Uh, you know, we've made you wait long enough. Here you go. This is Bronco Batman. Awesome win. Awesome team win. We finally ran the ball. Drew Locke looked great. Well, for the most part. But, you know, we got the Saints next. We can win this game. And, uh, you know, we still have a shot at the playoffs. Who knows? Let's keep it positive, guys. I'm Bronco Batman. Thank you, Broncos Batman. He still thinks the Broncos can make the playoffs, Eric. Yeah, I mean, it's not uh, out of the question here. You've got, what, you're four and six. Uh, certainly can only get to seven and 
you know, you got to hope from there, but you upset a Saints team with Taysom Hill and you uh, keep going from there. So not eliminated quite yet, Phil. Uh, Broncos Batman also left a voicemail on Friday. And of course, uh, that was after we record our preview episode of the Neutral Zone. Here's what he had to say. This is Bronco Batman. Wait, excuse me. This is Bronco Batman. I think I can have to lock out because I trained under, under Uncle Rico. So that means I'm pretty good, right? Hey, maybe I can uh, help y'all with y'all's ending. So, you know, let's give it a try here. This is Bronco Batman. And you're listening to The Neutral Zone. Yeah. Thanks, God, for shouting me out today. It was awesome. Thank you. Love y'all's show. Bye. Thank you for being a dedicated listener there. I would say probably the best way to help Drew Locke out is just no rope, Eric. No rope. Exactly. He, uh, you know, he was born in the darkness, so he knows kind of how to handle it. But I will say that's one of my favorite voicemails of all time, not just for the yeah. show, just that I've ever received. Yeah, in general. That's the way you get out of the pit. You have to do it like the child does. Exactly. So, yeah. It's a blue flower. I'll say Neutral Zone Nation, they really brought it with the voicemails uh, after the game. Here's another one. That was huge, guys. Justin Simmons came up big. I think this was our most complete game of the season so far. Uh, not the special teams errors that we've seen in recent weeks. Defense was lights out. I got kind of worried when uh, Fitzpatrick came in just because that's a change of pace. And Drew Locke bounced back after that first quarter interception. I got to admit I was a little bit worried uh, seeing that so early in the game, but this was great. Looking forward to the show. Talk to you later. Justin Simmons, let's go. I love it. I think I think that's our friend Jeff Flanagan who's just decided that he no longer needs to leave a name when he <laughs> calls in. That's true. I love it. I love the excitement. The special teams, Phil, I do think uh, maybe an underrated storyline that they didn't give up a big play and, uh, you know, essentially fought that team to a stalemate, which gave the Broncos a chance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I think that uh, – uh, you know, coming into the game, everybody's talking about that Dolphins special teams and uh, the way Sam Martin was just pinning them in the corner there. Brandon McManus was booting them out, just giving them no opportunity. Uh, I agree. Uh, Je- Jeff Flanagan did leave. Don't worry. He did leave a pregame uh, email. He said uh, he would have called in, but it's only an hour long show. So he's right uh if drew lock he says if drew lock doesn't get the nod today which of course he did we we'd still undoubtedly be talking about his future tomorrow for everyone who's clamoring for ripping despite the season's unprecedented circumstances consider this if pittsburgh started drew lock in every game up to this point in the season and every other factor remained the same what would their record be the steelers are undefeated right now uh, further, if Ben Roethlisberger replaced Drew Locke in the games that Drew started and every other factor remained the same, what would our record be in those games? I don't know about you, Eric, but that's a, that, that is a, something to think about. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That shows yeah. you, uh, lets you evaluate quarterbacks. Um, I, think, 
think sure, the Steelers though. would have several losses, three or four, and I think the Broncos would still have several losses. Um, would the you think the Steelers better? are just that better of a team? Uh, defensively, yeah, sure, I do. Mm. I mean, I think they're just talented, and they've got um, more veterans on their offense. You know, maybe equal skill wise, but in terms of having older players that know the system having a, a, a guy in Mike Tomlin that's been there for a really long time. I do think they're a little bit farther ahead, their offensive line. Um, but we know, did see healthy. last year with Roethlisberger out for the season, they didn't even make the playoffs. They went eight and eight. They yeah. went eight and eight without their franchise quarterback. I mean, I don't think this Broncos roster with uh, Duck Hodges would do very much, but maybe I'm incorrect. I, I mean, I think all that shows, I think, is that Ben Roethlisberger is a better quarterback than drew and i mean I, I don't think many people are debating that at this point no no that's true i think that he even you know turns a ball over every now and then you know takes takes a yeah. shot so and he's you know uh he's not the most mobile so uh yeah could be difficult given some of the offensive line struggles that there have been at times let's get to another voicemail some some fired up people today Neutral zone, what's up? This is Dave calling from Pittsburgh. Big win. Big win against the playoff contender, too. Woo! That D. We're stuffing the run today. We're crushing them. Alexander Johnson was laying wood. He was hitting hard. He was big. Huge. Malik Jackson had a big game. My boy Justin Simmons. He had two picks. If you discount that joke call on AJ in the first quarter, you can't pass on that secondary. We stopped stopped Tua right in his tracks. This is what our team was designed for this year. Huge defense and a big running game. The O-line was huge today. We were able to run all over those fins with no sacks, too. Man, it allowed us to see some of what we'd love to see out of Drew. I want to see – what I want to see is Drew rapping like he was last year on the sideline. We need more of that confident, fun-loving, Buzz Lightyear Drew Locke. I personally am so much more confident this year with Drew Locke sitting at QB, even on those third down or longs we've been in way too often, but he gives us confidence. He's got all that arm talent. You just have to let him develop behind a strong old line. Let's get that protection going. That's my cue. I love the offensive game plan we had today. We had fewer deep plays, more short passing. We got some rhythm in the passing game. We got to keep keep that, get to keep growing after this big W. I know you all don't do shout outs on post game shows or post game uh, episodes, but I'm going to shout out to Liz Manis because She's awesome what she does in the community. Y'all, you guys always recognize that. I'm also going to shout out to Smoky Hill High School because, Phil, I know you were there with me. So shout out to the Buffs. I also want you all to know I'm available and anxious to compete for that podcast supervisor role. I have a lot of S experience. I think I can keep you R's under control more than that A can. Anyway, much love. Hey, stay well out there. It's dangerous, you guys. Take care. Eric, do we have a? Oh, uh... oh man! <laughs> oh my gosh, that's incredible! Sorry, Broncos, Batman. <laughs> gosh, that was just uh, wow. You know, for yeah. for eighty for ninety percent of it, I was like, "This is a good voicemail." He's fired up. He's pumped. He knows what he's talking about. And then he just took it. That was Dave, right? Dave took it to the next Dave. level there at the end. Uh, Dave apparently went to high school with me. I'm not sure, but now he lives in Pittsburgh. But yeah, shout out Smokey L. Buffs. He's the guy that uh, stuffed you in the locker, I think. That never happened to me, 
Eric. Sorry. No, uh, sorry. I you, told me not, you told me not to bring that up. I'm sorry. Shout out Liz Manis, though. That was impressive. She's doing good work in the uh, community. And then even got in a shot against Ben Swanson. I love yeah, it. That's, that's nice. <laughs> Dave, we'll, uh, we'll consider your application. You, uh, you know more about the team than Phil does already. So that's a nice. <laughs> yes. Did he say Malik Jackson, though? Did I hear Malik Jackson? I'm not sure. Would have been understandable, though. Malik Reed, Malik Jackson is very similar. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Malik Reed, getting uh, it done. Yeah, that was impressive. Impressive. That was a good voicemail. <laughs> Appreciate that, uh, Dave. Man, we went to high school together. That's awesome. Gosh, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, is there another one? Uh, just two more, Eric. So buckle in. Is this an order of uh, how good they are? Uh, no, no. Random, <laughs> random order here today. Uh, this it. is our friend uh, Brandon from Iowa. Oh my goodness. Well, this is Brandon from Iowa. Apologize for not calling last week. That Raiders game was a little brutal for me. But oh my goodness, it was such a fun game to watch from start to finish. I got a little worried there at the end with uh, Miami having the ball, but I had my two best buddies over at my house watching the game with me that are both diehard Miami fans. So this was a lot of fun to get a Justin Simmons pick to end of the game. How fun. It was very refreshing to not only see Drew Locke coming out and being Drew Locke and ball out. Um, can we talk about that very last play with Tim Patrick getting like an 80-yard bomb? That was fantastic. Go Broncos. Bring it on next week. Let's go. Brandon, thanks for uh, bringing it. I know that this is part of your tradition, calling in after the game. And uh, we understand that, that Raiders, that was a little bit too much to handle. Yeah, we missed you, Brandon. I, uh, I am kind of curious. How does one become a diehard Miami Dolphins fan in Iowa? That's interesting. That is interesting. That is interesting. Well, I mean, the Dolphins have a lot of history of success. You know, Bob Greasy, Dan, Dan Marino. You know, these are. You know, they've been. They've won some Super Bowls, so they know. They know what they're doing in Miami. Would you like to hear some my kind of philosophy for end of game, like how how I get worried? Or when I get worried at the end of the game. When do you get in worried? A, well, not in a situation like that. I was at no point worried um, because the best they could do there is tie the game. I mean, if they go for two, they could win, but yeah, um, seems unlikely. It seems unlikely. So to me, I don't. I wouldn't start getting worried at that point because the Broncos would have had a minute and a half to drive down the field. And then, you know, maybe you take your chances in overtime, which I would have liked given how the defense had played. So, you know, had the Broncos been up three in that situation, would have been real nervous. And, you know, I'm still happy that Justin Simmons had that interception, but I wasn't I wasn't up there sweating bullets in the press box, Phil. So I was drinking hot cocoa, as you know. I know you were. I know you were. I was freezing down on the field. Much colder than it looks on TV. It was very cold. Like, you see the guys, they don't have their sleeves on. And I was like... I could do that too. You know, I'm down here no. doing our things, you know, just figured I could do that too. But no, it was very chilly. I was a little nervous because I was like, this is how the Broncos would lose this game. You know, that's how I was thinking, you know, but, and that was a heck of a punch out uh, by, by the Dolphins defender there. So, but yeah, I felt like all game long, the defense held them in check. No, no need to worry. 
no need to worry. So let's get to our final voicemail, uh, Eric. And this is uh, the one that I think is from Benjamin Albright. Phil, Eric, obviously happy victory Monday to all those in Broncos country. I was very impressed by the overall balance in the run game by the Broncos with two of the backs, the way that they utilized both Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. I think that was the way that things have, should have been designed in the first place. When you have 16 carries and 15 carries, respectively, equal yardage and production. Good things happen for the Broncos offense. It's a good victory Monday here in Broncos country. So I think that's our friend Cody Rourke. Oh, you do? You think that that was Adam Schefter? <laughs> I, I do. Did you not hear the Schefter There's a little tone Schefter. to it? Does Schefter sound like Albright? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he does. Yeah. I do. Kind of, I could see at the beginning how you thought maybe Albright, but I would. Uh, you thought that was Cody Rourke. I think that's our friend Cody Rourke. Hopefully, uh, whether it's Cody or Benjamin or Adam, hopefully uh, they they'll uh, solve this mystery for us. I don't think it's Adam. <laughs> sorry, to, so? sorry to disappoint you. Um, I do think Cody He's in slash country. Cody slash Benjamin slash Adam uh, do have some good points. That's you know that's how it's supposed to look. My question, Phil, is just how. Uh, how sustainable is this approach? You know, I, I think that when you're playing incredible defense and you are playing a run quarter, a young quarterback, and you can get your run game going like that, obviously you're going to find success. But there are a few teams in the NFL that do that consistently without having a quarterback that can beat you himself. Um, you know, even the Raiders, I kind of look at them as like maybe the most physical uh, run focused team in the league. And Derek Carr is still playing incredibly well. So I do think for the Broncos to consistently win these games, you know, if they're going to make a run here and, and get to eight and eight or nine and seven, Drew at some point is going to have to make these plays that you expect him to make. It, it can't just be, you know, uh, relying on the run game and uh, hoping that the defense gets six sacks a game. Well, I'll say this. I think that if you can dictate what's happening – then you have the upper hand. Like if the Broncos say, look, we're going to run the ball, they pound it like they did, force the opposing defense to say, okay, we got to stop them from running the ball. Then it's on Drew to be able to make them pay for that. So you got to have that give and, give and take there a little bit in my mind. So if you can dictate it, which the Broncos were able to do yesterday, if they could do that again, then I think that uh, then now you're talking, hey, take this away, we're going to make you pay here. Take that away. We'll make you pay here. You want to be in that position as an offense. So, yeah, pretty good episode, huh? <clears throat> I liked it. Yeah, still got you choked up. Yeah. Wow. Thanks to. I'm going uh, to need some time to recover from that. Thanks, Dave. Yes. Thanks for uh, all the uh, voicemails. If you'd like to be a part of the neutral zone, make sure you call seven zero seven neutral, or Eric, you can leave in. Email, email, not a voicemail. You can leave an email. Uh, how do you do that? Uh, I think you would leave an email at neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. Got it. Got it. I like it. Or hit us up on Twitter at Eric Delilah with an A, at Phil Milani with a PH. That is going to do it for us. We'll be back later on in the week with a full preview of the New Orleans Saints coming to town. No Drew Brees, but guess who's back, Eric? Mm, Taysom Hill? No, Emmanuel Sanders making mm. his return 
Did Benny you Fowler. Benny Fowler's on IR. Okay. Tough. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders, though, back. And I'm sure that uh, he'll probably uh, speak to the media this week. So I'm very, very eager to see what he has to say there about making his return to the Mile High City. I think he still has a house here, Eric. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he spent the offseason here. So we'll see what happens. So we'll break that down. We'll be back on Thursday uh, with a full game preview as the Broncos now four and six after beating the Dolphins 20 to 13. That is going to do it for us. For Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani. Should we end with Broncos Batman, Eric? Let's do it. Famous Bronco Batman. And you're listening to the Neutral Zone.